0: You are listening to the Everyman Podcast. My name is Dan Doty, and this is episode 26 with Sean Healthy. Today's guest is Sean, Sean Healthy. He's a good buddy of mine. He sits in the Bozeman men's group with me, and we met many years ago at a wilderness therapy program here in Montana and became fast friends and really came together on our passion and obsession with, uh, for helping young guys and eventually for, for helping guys in general, and this conversation today is the beginning of a series of conversations between Sean and I. I I'm bringing him in as the, the resident and current expert for adolescents and young adults specifically. He has, since we met, he went back and got his master's degree and now has a private practice. It's called Man-Made Mentors, and he focuses specifically with young men. Um, he'll work with adult men too, but his but his niche is, uh, younger guys. And he is, I'll give him some props, you know, when we start talking here on the conversation, but he's just, he's one of the best, if not the best that I've ever known working with kids. He's just incredibly good at it. And, um, he's got a great story. He's got an incredible warm, um, personality and, and he's, uh, he's just a great dude. And I'm, I'm really proud to have him on the show. So you can find his work at manmadementors.com. Check it out. He does some cool stuff. The Everyman update is that our website is live. In the last week, we have had a bunch of guys apply to start a group. We have had requests from a couple from Austin, Texas and Los Angeles and New York City and where else somewhere else, a couple other ones. And a bunch of guys reached out looking to apply to join groups too. So really exciting. It's working. It's happening. The the website was long, it has been long awaited and it's here and it's functioning and there's some bugs we got to work out, but bring it on. If you're ready to start a group, if you want to join a group, go on our website, check it out, reach out to us and, uh, That's like my life now is supporting guys, starting groups, supporting guys in general. And as we move forward, we're just going to be laying out and rolling out more and more support for guys who join. And we have a whole infrastructure to to help that. But for right now, what we're doing is creating mentoring groups. So for any guy who's starting a group, we're going to share a curriculum with you that is going to basically launch your group for the first 12 weeks. And we'll walk you through it step by step, how to organize a meeting, what to do in a meeting. Um, how to reach out to people the the whole thing and then when you do start you're gonna be uh, offered to be part of a mentoring group so groups of five guys all who are organizing groups in different places will be in a mentoring group and either myself or Owen right now will be overseeing those and mentoring so that's our process later on we're gonna be able to provide a lot more with video and audio and other support for individual guys and groups, but for now, that's our plan. For those of you listening that have signed up for the Racebrook Retreat in December, I can't wait to meet you. California, West Coast, just hold hold your socks a little bit longer because we're we're getting close to, to nailing something down. This winter, we're gonna come to Southern California and put on a retreat. It's snowing in Montana. I hope it's not snowing where you are, unless you want it to be, then I hope it is snowing. Um, appreciate you listening. I appreciate you being a part of this, and um, thanks a lot. Alright, I'm here with Sean Healthy. Hi. Hello. Um <laughs> kind of rushing this here. I'm tweaking some dials as I move forward. Sean, what did you have for breakfast today, my friend?
1: I had chia seed pudding with chocolate and strawberries in it. Did you make that? Uh, Alicia has been making it every Sunday. That's my wife. Um, and then putting them in the fridge. And it is has been an incredible addition to my morning, not wanting to do anything repertoire.
0: Oh, yeah. Sean's on vacation because he just launched his new private practice mentoring business for young men. And uh, he's taking a vacation in between, right? That's right.
1: I mean, as much of a vacation as I can. I'm still doing stuff, but trying to really sink into you know, the, the free time in between. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, it's called what man-made man-made mentors, made mentors. I know that name based here in (laughs) Bozeman, Montana. Um, I'm all scattered. I'll, I'll settle down as we get into this, but there's a really, I have a really clear intention with this podcast and that is to talk about growing up, uh, from a boy or adolescent into a young adult man and then into a, I don't know, healthy, mature adult man. Sean and I uh, met many years ago, probably probably coming on 10 years, 8 years, 7 years. Do you remember when it was? Yeah, it would have been 2010. 2010. Okay. Oh, yeah, 7 years ago. 7 years ago and a couple months, um, and we worked together at a wilderness therapy program in Montana, and we helped. At the beginning, we both ran the same, I guess, what was considered the older boys group. Hmm. And so we ran a summer program together and connected immediately and deeply on exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And Sean is, in my humble opinion, one of the better or best practitioners that I know that works uh, specifically with adolescents and adolescent boys. And, um, I knew that from the first day we worked together in the woods and, and it's even more apparent today. And, um, so yeah, I think once you tell, I've heard your story plenty of times, but once you give us a one minute version of what brought you to doing this work, to caring about working with boys. Yeah. Okay. And thank I'll, you very I'll much. Time you. I'll time you. Please do.
1: Cause there's a lot in there, <clears throat> but thanks for the gleaming recommendation. Um, and yeah, so, um, I don't know. I was really little. I think that's a big part of it. I was, um, very far behind in my hitting of puberty, which happened at 18. Um, I was tiny. My voice was high. I didn't have any hair on my balls when I graduated from high school. That's so mind blowing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's mind blowing.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was hard on me in a lot of ways. Um, I was smart. I was fairly popular though, even with that. But I, I always felt like I, I didn't connect with my peer group. I I was missing something. I, I at least felt that that was really true for me. And so the next few years, I just went on a personal mission of figuring out what I had been missing, you know, and I I did all kinds of things. I got into all kinds of things that I maybe could get into at some point um, for a number of years. And and I really got kind of far away from a place of knowing what I was doing or why I was doing it. Um, And because I I was, I think, really lucky to have
0: some serious intervention from my dad.
1: You you started down a bit of a, a a
0: bit of a negative path, right? That's what you're vaguely alluding to. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, not just a bit of a negative path, a, a pretty deep, dark, negative path. And, and I watched, I think a lot of my friends really go down that path. And, and I was lucky that at that time I was able to say, hold on a second, that's, there's definitely nothing there for me. Um, And that was kind of when I started to separate from it. That was maybe 22, 23 years old. But, um, but I started down that path because I, you know, I wanted that connection with others and that's how I found it at that time. Um, So, so yeah, I, I really was scared even for years after that about what the, what the hell I was doing and, and really afraid of continuing down that path or falling back into it. I, I was, yeah, I can say kind of confidently now that I I am not afraid of that. Um, But I don't know how long I've been able to say that it it definitely stuck with me for a long time because I I knew how empty and how meaningless I felt during that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You were lost. I was really very lost. And as, as many of us are at different times, and I think, you know, the fact that we met, at a wilderness uh, a wilderness therapy program where I mean that was the work we were doing. Mm-hmm. We were helping lost young guys uh find something, find themselves, find others, find their family, find some sort of footing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's one way to look at it. And I think that uh yeah, you're you're a pretty amazing case study. I mean, actually I think everybody's a pretty amazing case study. Yeah, when we talk I about agree. the path to growing up into a mature man, like that's a Full blown, you know, healthy, fulfilled man. Mm. I think everybody's a pretty good case study, actually. You know, we we all have our own pathway, but uh, it's always been fun to compare yours and mine because I matured very young, and you matured very late, and somehow, somehow, it didn't ever matter. It didn't ever really matter as far as our friendship goes. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I've wondered uh, if we would have been friends if we knew each other at that point because we were pretty far. On on the spectrum, in one way or the other,
0: as far as I can tell, no, (laughs) (laughs) but you never know. Uh, I don't know, who knows? (laughs) Either way, it didn't matter if you would have told me what to do, as it sounds like you like to tell people what to do. uh -uh.
1: I would have judged you if, like, for a number of things um, drug use, premarital sex, um, yeah. I would have told you to go fuck yourself. Generally, having dissenting political views from me, <laughs> yeah,
0: no, the answer is firmly no. <laughs> I don't think we would have been friends. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, I mean, the other thing here too is as every man expands, and I've I've clearly chosen to work and focus on adults, adult men, you know, serving adult men and opening uh, uh, connection and, and experiences for guys. Um, and that's just my choice because it feels, it feels the most true for me, but for a long time, um, my passion and purpose and everything was working with young adult guys, working mm-hmm. with adolescents. It was, it was, it was what I did. It was what I thought about It was what I cared about. Yeah. It's how I got to know you. Yeah. And I still do. It's still, it's still a, a real important thing to me, but it's not my primary focus right now. And I think it needs to be many people's primary focus, you know, and I'm glad that it's your primary focus. And I think that it's a conversation that as we carry this man conversation forward, if we're not including the, the whole lifespan in it, you know, from Mm -hmm. young boys to school age boys, to adolescents, to young adults, to adults, and then even beyond into the elderly and then the dying, I think we're missing the point if we don't touch upon the entire spectrum. But big time. Yeah. 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 But and I mean, I, I think that I, I'm
1: attracted to this population because I was kind of stuck there for, I think, longer than most people are. Yeah. Um, but also I see the most potential for growth in this segment. You know, I, I look at adults and I have hope, of course, but I, I see people who are more ingrained in the, their ways of thinking and being and, and more resistant to exploring things, other ways of thinking and being. And, uh, with teenagers, it's like they could be as ingrained as they want. And in five minutes, you know, you can switch their whole, yeah, their whole process around just by saying or doing something weird or funny and, and kind of giving them a different conception of what an adult can be like.
0: And see, see, my experience was that working with kids in the woods, you know, you could see a lot of great changes happen, a lot of shifts, a lot of like growth. And then you'd meet their family and be like, ha, huh, that kid's still fucked. Right. <laughs> they're, they're going back Guess to an environment. Going, well, dad. Yeah. You know, I we got to. So my current feelings is we, we just have to do both. We actually have to do it all. Mm. We have to do it simultaneously. Yeah. We're not going to change the world just working with adolescents. We're not going to change the world just working with adult guys. Right. Got to do
1: it all. Yeah. There's a lot of, of work to be done in all of those areas.
0: Yeah. So we were at the shooting range a couple weeks ago and you brought something up to me that you'd read that has, it just, it floored me. It like lit me up and it's stuck with me ever since. And it's something that I've thought about and I have, um, I don't know, maybe kind of said in different ways or, or I don't think I've ever clearly said it, but why don't you, why don't you just lay it out there and let's, let's die. That's really what I want to get into here. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, the um, the kind of
1: premise of what we were talking about was rites of passage and right. generally how we don't really have those anymore. Um, and even the ones that we do, oftentimes, you know, a person can go through a rite of passage. But D- define that, maybe define rite of passage. Was it
0: in your best words?
1: I would say, yeah, it is an event, oftentimes a singular event um, that is supposed to um. Mark identify or mark a a period of of a person's life ending and a new period beginning and the passage through perfect
0: that. Yeah. So historically, you think of things like sun dances or fasts or, you know, a 16 year old kid in a tribe would be, um, you know, supported to go in the wilderness for a week and fast and find his spirit guidance All, or in you know yeah. South America, they would torture kids by sticking their arms in nets full of bullet ants. You know, it's like intense experiences. And those are the ones that,
1: you know, I've seen and I'm fairly disconnected from, but in our culture, you know, and depending on kind of how you were raised, there's, you know, in Jewish culture, there's bar mitzvahs and bat right. mitzvahs and there's a quinceanera and um, Hispanic cultures. And, there are still kind of remnants of those things, but now they kind of just look like big parties that everybody comes to and says, Hey, you're 13. You're a man. (laughs) Right. Um, and, and there's, there's something kind of sadly funny about that, that we say out loud, yes, this is a rite of passage and, and how actually not true that really is anymore in our culture.
0: Right. And, and it is something in this, you know, the community of people who work with kids and, and, and who do kind of the stuff that we do, you hear it all the time. There's, it, It's a lamenting – it's a lament about uh, not having rites of passage. Our culture, you know, it's it's sort of this weepy sad story. Our culture doesn't have rites of passage. Our boys don't have rites of passage. Mm-hmm. It's like a – it's a sad feeling, It's and it, it's sort of like, what do we do? What do we – how do we – I remember feeling sad
1: about it. I mean, the – you know – I, graduating from high school felt like it was supposed to be a rite of passage for me. And I graduated and I moved out of my parents' house that day. Um, and then I was like, what the hell am I doing? And I remember getting a job as a vacuum cleaner salesman for a little while. Just like you did. Oh, yeah. Rainbow vacuum cleaners. Um, I do believe in the product, but did I, you sell some? I sold zero. <laughs> I only did it for two months. Um, I just was like, you know, I, I was really open to the idea that I could I had all the freedom and options in the world that I wanted. But there wasn't anything that really helped guide me through that. And I'm looking back, I wasn't ready to to go through that rite of passage. Right. There was something mm-hmm. that I needed to have done prior to that, other than just go to my classes and get grades that graduated from me from high school. That, that I didn't do. And that I, because of that, I wasn't prepared to enter into that next phase of my life.
0: Right. And so to sort of head off where we're headed here, the idea with a rite of passage as it's generally understood is that it is a one-time event, you know, that it's like a passing go on the Monopoly board. It's like, you know, you get done with one revolution. So, you know, you're going to be a man now, son. And so we're going to go on a hunt. And this thing happens. And through that process, all of a sudden, snap your fingers. And you're a man. You're a man. Yeah. You stop being a teenager. You
1: start being a man. Go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I definitely... Like thinking of that idea i im I'm amused I'm smiling right now because it's so silly that well,
0: it is I mean, I think there's something you know there are moments right there are there are definitely like uh one of the questions that i ask have asked a lot of my guests on this podcast is what was the moment where you felt? Mm-hmm. oh wow, I am a man mm-hmm. so why don't you answer that okay yeah. uh, um
1: so I'd say. Six out of seven days a week, I feel like a man. Uh-huh. And then the other day, I'm really not sure. Tuesdays? Mm, no, it's a different day every week. Um, for me, it, it came solidly when I had done what I needed to do to take care of myself entirely, to not lean on financially, especially on my parents in any way, um, but rather that I was able to say, I have what I need. I've created enough value in myself that I can sell that value at a price that I can sustain my life.
0: Right. So when you were independent, fully independent.
1: Yeah. And I would say that happened um, at the end of grad school, which
0: was uh, 2014.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: So what we should have done in that moment, we should have sent you away on Naked and Afraid to have your own uh, rite of passage. That would have been cool. I would like to go on that show. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what my rating would be.
1: I like think it would be two. low. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, you brought cotton <laughs> <and> clothes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's always worked for me. <laughs> I'm a terrible uh, outdoorsman is that what I'm alluding to. I, I really, I don't pay much attention, but I, I could be better. Um,
0: so... All right. So, so we fleshed out what a writer passages. So, so lay me, lay it on us. Lay, yeah, so lay this other, this new idea. On yeah. Us. The
1: idea that I was exploring with you when we talked and let me give credit where credit is due. I read this in a book called um, nature and the human soul by Bill Plotkin. And, uh, and when I, after you commented that it had stuck out to you, I went to reread it and, and recognize that it was just a really short portion, maybe a paragraph or two in the first chapter. Um, When he talks about the the idea that, you know, rites of passage are valuable and and have been marking points in cultures to to identify when a person moves from one stage to the next. But that they really don't actually do that unless a number of things have been done in each of the phases that get you to the point where you're ready to move to the next stage. So the homework, the homework And, and it's and you know, it's a daily activity. It's like, what have you done every day that developed you in the stage that you were in that prepared you to enter into the next stage?
0: Right. Cause it, it's not like New York city school systems where they just graduate kids um, because they have to, right. It's right. like in life. Um, well, that's actually fairly, I like that metaphor because in life we're graduating to new levels mm-hmm. without having the maturity that we're supposed to have to graduate to those levels. Yeah, like and, and, culturally, uh, like to get married and to have kids and to like have jobs and all this stuff, like we're actually mostly not mature enough to have all. And this you
1: thing. can see that pretty clearly. <laughs> you watch people as they are yeah. in public, and it's like, okay, well, maybe that person isn't ready to be a parent or be a partner or even just be an adult. Yeah, you know, in the world. Yeah, and and the things and responsibilities that come along with that.
0: Right. So the idea is that that to really truly be real meaningful. And helpful. A rite of passage isn't just a, it, it's not like a God given, like it's not just automatically to actually mean something. There has to be a lot that goes into and it. That and that word
1: all. that you said it is, it, it is not given. We cannot, as a culture say, this is, this happens on this day and afterward, you're this right. other thing it is earned. It is earned every day by developing in the stages you are so that really the rite of passage is just a recognition. It is not a gift. Yeah. It's a graduation ceremony. Yeah. It's just recognizing the work that you've already done, but inherently you have to do that work. Otherwise the ceremony is a sham.
0: Yeah. It'd be like a football player, you know, going out to play a big game on Friday night or Sunday night and not having ever practiced, right? It's like putting in the, it's just putting in the
1: time. Putting in the time and the work, which I think is something that really keeps people from doing it because it's like, wait, I have to do stuff every day to progress in this life?
0: Yeah, so it's
1: daunting. Right, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I mean, just so I have a little fear that, you know, we have these conversations all the time and um, what we're talking about here is just basic human maturation there's this term called ontogeny which just means the natural growth flowering and maturity of any organism of any species and you know so the the natural human ontogeny is to yeah go through these stages to grow up to you know whatever that means i mean i and i think that you know that's open to everybody's opinion what does it, what does being adult mean? What does being mature mean? I mean that I think we can probably hone in on some stuff. Most people agree on. Well, but. and, and I'll tell you, so,
1: cause some of the other things that he talks about, I think are really valuable here, which is that, you know, he identifies our culture as being in a pathological adolescent state. Right. And the, the attributes of adolescence are basically egocentrism, greed, desire, um, all of the things that come along with us fulfilling our needs and often at the expense of others, not recognizing the connection with other people and with the world, the earth that we live on. Yeah. And he talks about the entering into adulthood being a phase of instead of egocentrism being soul centric. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he goes into a deep explanation of what he means by soul. But basically it's the pretty constant in your behaviors and your actions and the way that you operate in the world, recognition that you are connected to everybody else and to the earth that we live on and making decisions based from that place.
0: Right. Beautiful. Well said. Well wow. said, Bill Plotkin through Sean Helvey. Yeah. <laughs> so, smart guy. so what is it? So back to this idea that a, a rite of passage is a practiced earned thing, like if we're talking about adolescence specifically, we're talking about males, what are these things? What are these things that need to be happening? The other thing I want to highlight that's very important, a very important part of the process with uh, rites of passage is that there's an element of an elder or a respected person in power so you know a father or a tribal chief or a teacher or a football coach mm. that is there to mark and uh, uh remark on the changes that you're going through but, but it's it's not a solitary it could be a solitary process traditionally it's not a solitary process it is it is the community at large recognizing you for who you're becoming and it and it happens mm. through the And I mean, that's where, you know, the idea of mentorship comes in. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me is, is that, you know, if you're going to go through a rite of passage and basically graduate to a next stage of life, that's who you need there. You need, you need that person that trusts you, that you trust, and that there's this bond and connection between, and that's, that's an important part. And that's one thing I think is easy to, for me to make a connection between, um, like a daily, weekly, regular life, like the work that needs to be put in here to me isn't necessarily like, I don't know, like homework, but it's, but it's finding, having a mentor, right? Hmm. Creating relationships where this meaningful, um, and I guess not to beat around the bush too. I mean, in in one sense, I think that's exactly what our every man groups are, hmm. is what our men's groups are, is an ongoing, um, platform to have the consistent, uh, recognition for your growth.
1: Yeah, and, and I would go as far and, you know, I don't know, we haven't said this, but I, I've i been in a men's group with you for almost two years now. Um, the mm-hmm. one that you and I started together. And y- yeah, I feel it. I, I know what it has brought to my life. I feel it every day, many times a day. Um, the idea of being able to slow down is something that I've gotten a lot better at. Um, and, and I'm really grateful to the group for that, but I would say that it is necessary to have other men reflect this to you and especially elders, not just reflect your growth and where you're at, but also for you to look to as examples, you know, to know where you're headed.
0: Like what, what the hell am I doing this for? Well, to, to highlight what you said earlier, if our culture is, is stuck in adolescence, if our dads and grandfathers are still adolescent, who the hell do our kids look to? Right. That's a really good question.
1: How do we know what it is supposed to be or look like if exactly. we don't have examples?
0: Yeah. And, and yes, we don't have examples and we don't, we don't even have the sort of pretend rites of passage. It's like, okay, now you're a, you know, now you're a man, my son. Like we don't even have those and those aren't even, I don't know. No, you're no. you're that's true. I think that, I mean, in
1: some ways I felt when I graduated high school that that was some type of rite of passage or a marker. Um, But nobody talked like, you know, it would have been great to have people sit down and say, "Okay, so this is a big step. You're you're heading into this new thing. So what's it going to be like? You're going to be afraid. You're going to be, you know, there was just none of that. No kind of recognition from my my culture, my my people at that point of the gravity of what I was heading into.
0: Yeah. They're just like, yeah, little Sean, you're you're now going to go and take care of yourself in this big world. Go for it, buddy. Yeah, you got it. We gave you
1: (laughs) an hour long speech at your graduation ceremony, and I'm sure you got a lot from that. You got this. Head on on out there, buddy.
0: (laughs) You got it. You got it. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. What do we as men, what can we do for our young man? Just like, what are the things we need to do? Give us a laundry list. Give us marching orders.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll start with the foundation. And I just firmly and solidly with every bit of my being believe that what we need to do first is be an example. We need to understand ourselves. We need to understand what we're doing so that because I think that the way that anybody really learns is through looking at other people. You know, so we need to lead by example. Mm. So then I'll just talk about what I think I, what I need to do to be an example, to embody the, these things of what it means to be an adult. Um, I, I think the selfish part of me, and and I'll just kind of give a bit of a caveat. I think that really to sell anything to anybody, you got to let them know what's in it for them. Mm. Okay. So I'll say what, what's in it for me and what's in it for you to do this is, um, being okay, feeling okay, being in stressful situations, having life throw itself at you, family shit, relationship shit, um, just tragic stuff that happens all the time. And knowing that you are capable of being okay throughout whatever that is. Um, that's been the biggest kind of gift for me to have is just being okay. Uh, And, and as I continue down this path, I find that I'm more and more okay with tough things Mm -hmm. because I can see them for what they are. I can recognize that we all go through them and I'm equipped to deal with my internal reaction. Mm -hmm. So that's, what's in it for, for me is Mm -hmm. that I feel mostly pretty good most of the time. And it's great. Um, It feels great. (laughs) I really like it. Um, As opposed
0: to what? As
1: opposed to things shaking everything all the time. You know, when I talked about being lost, I mean, part of that being lost is, you know, this feeling like I, I'm volatile. I I could snap at any minute, getting angry at little things, um, feeling overwhelmed with events in life that, you know, that I, I couldn't manage. I couldn't manage how I felt about them. And that right. inability to manage that was It was terrifying. I mean, I was scared to do things because I, I didn't know how I was going to handle it. Right. Um, and now I can say, you know, like coming on this podcast today, I felt nervousness and I thought, yep. And it's going to be okay. I'm going to do it. And it's either going to be good or bad and it'll be done. Right. And, and so that, that ability to just, just be okay with kind of what life is throwing at me is I think, yeah, what I get out of it. And so it's practicing that it's practicing being okay. Um, I think that's what i'm doing.
0: that's what I want for other people too cool so that's the that's the leading by example part, but yeah. I gotta believe well, I do believe that there's more to it too i I think we need to um <laughs> i don't i'm I'm more disconnected from it now than I used to be. I used to have this raging uh passion to like help young men right Mm. it was just because i worked with hundreds of them maybe thousands and i just i saw so much like (laughs) i just saw so much room for us to do better Mm. so yeah what what else can we do i want marching orders
1: okay i mean i'll give you a bit of a laundry list um i think that it starts with how we treat ourselves so we need to teach young men how to be kind to themselves Okay. And, and through that, they can then start being kind to others. Um, I see young men being really cruel to each other. I see young women doing the same thing, young people, and it sucks and it feels bad to watch. And I also understand the motivation. I felt that way many times in my life. Mm. And so I think it starts for them with understanding that they make mistakes, that they're imperfect people and, and being kind to themselves, not beating themselves up for those things. Mm. Um, I think that it comes with um, really establishing f- for them that there is a connection between them and everybody else mm. and the world and this earth that we live on. And, and just, you know, having that connection be something that everything is drawn back to, you know, this idea that we're separate is, is what ke- keeps us in a place where we can be unkind to others and, and think that that's okay. Um, right and once we get connected with ourselves, we realize that ourselves are connected with others and suddenly it's really hard to be shitty to other people.
0: that's really well said I actually was I was kind of saying my version of that to somebody else a few days ago is that well it was in reference to um the me too and the podcast I released a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, with my wife was that, I mean, you know, some of the dumb things I did did as a kid where I wasn't aware, I wasn't aware, I was just not aware of my effect on others or I ignored it. But I think like if you, if you sit in a group for a while and you start to really feel what's real, if you start to actually have your own experience, yeah, I couldn't hurt somebody like that anymore. I couldn't do something, you know, it's, it gets hard to hurt other people when you can feel what the hell you're doing to them.
1: Yeah, the only way you could continue to do it is to live in a place of denial, right? Um, and of, of really just not recognizing what is real, yeah. um, and and then you're just shut off. I mean,
0: and that's where we're screwing our boys over because because the the cultural stigma is, you know, the whole lone wolf cowboy attitude that that guys are raised to sort of believe and, and buy into. It just skips over that whole part that whole connected to other part that whole connected to themselves part you know i just feel like we're fucking missing the boat on that
1: well and yeah and it's because again there aren't examples of that and the ones that there are look so countercultural that they they look so weird to us that we're like uh right i don't know yeah i I don't know if i could be like that
0: yeah the flowy yoga guy with the with the long ponytail (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And the thing is, I think the farther, you know, that I get toward that, the more I'm like, yeah, that guy's great. You know, I I don't want to be like, that's not my, the way that I'm going to express being connected with myself. But there's something true and valuable there.
0: Um, Yeah. Um, What uh, more? Give me more marching orders. How do we, how do we, how do we fix (laughs) <laughs> I'll say that word. I don't know if I believe it. But how do we fix our boys? Because the statistics are pretty messed up, man. Like, guys are struggling. They really are. How do we fix it? Fix it, Sean. Well, I mean, yeah. I wish I could. Um,
1: I, I honestly, Dan, as you're asking me and I'm racking my brain, I, I just, I, I feel like, like what we've talked about. Is it, that's it. That's it. I don't know that there is a laundry list. I mean, there are symptoms that I could address. I could say, these are, this is what we're seeing and we could address them. But I think the foundation of it is just the loss of connection with ourselves through which we connect with others and the earth. And if we're able to have that connection back, then all of those other things change. Yeah. And suddenly we, we aren't able to act out all of those pathologies anymore because we understand that it's, that it affects us too, Yeah, that we're part of the hurt that we're putting into the world.
0: So the homework that would need to be done basically, well, it, the, the words you used for it the other night or last week or whatever was basically you have a rite of passage all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Or weekly or daily or minute stages. It's it's done in stages, but it's done on a completely rolling basis. And so if we had a young man, say he's 16, regardless of what his demeanor is or his actions or attitudes are, if he had people that he trusted and safe enough space to be connected to himself, to have a mentor or a father or a coach or somebody who is really there for him where he could you know, have space for this natural connection to occur, mm-hmm. then the hope is that he would be, he would be able to, he'd grow up. It's not even a he hope. grow and up. I'll give an example
1: because um, I, I think it, it might help kind of clarify what we're talking about. But there is, you know, I remember um, thousands of times when I was a teenager, when, I don't know, it didn't matter what it was, something that I did, something that I said, something that was on my body, whatever. And another person my age was like, oh, that's disgusting. Or, oh my God, dude, I can't believe you think that. Or like, so I was shamed, right, for mm. being different in some way. And and the, the way that I felt at that moment was, you know, I recoiled. I felt, I felt ashamed and like, it wasn't okay for what, you know, whatever, however I was to be that way. Right. And right. this connection piece that we're talking about, it doesn't say that, it is or it isn't okay for those things to be the way that they are, but rather that you can be okay with yourself, no matter what it is that you have going on. If you shit your pants or Mm -hmm. if you have a tiny dick or like whatever, you can be okay with it if you're in a safe enough space with people who aren't going to judge you for it.
0: Yeah. And then at some point- you Well, it helps for other people to be okay with it. It, it helps It helps you be okay with it. If, it's if you, yeah. necessary yeah. for
1: other to, people to be okay with it. But after some amount of time, you're able to recognize that that's something that you can do for yourself. I've been able to recognize right. that I don't necessarily need somebody else telling me that it's okay for me to fart to be okay with farting. Sometimes I fart and it's loud and stinky.
0: But it is one of the, the first sort of uh, big gifts that often often happens to a guy when he joins a men's group is that, you know, somebody else speaks up about something that's true for him. And it's also true for for this other guy. And it's like, Oh, I'm not the only one that feels that. And it's just its just like this magic. It's so simple. I can't believe how, so how many simple. times
1: I hear, even yeah. still in our yeah. group, m- men saying, oh, it's just, you know, no, I realize now that everybody is going through the same thing. And it's like,
0: yep. God, what, an, what a simple message. <laughs>
1: That's the ridiculous. Word, the word for that is, is universalization or the universalizing yeah. of, of these things. And yeah, I think that that's the big part is where we are all connected is recognizing that we're all dirty, like weird humans and that's okay.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's really, it kind of blows my mind to, to know that most of us feel so uniquely maligned or wrong. (laughs) Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And we do. And I even still, sometimes I find myself feeling uh, that way and, Luckily I'm able to recalibrate and say, hold on a second,
0: you know, this isn't, but I mean, that's, we're talking about some, some, some big shit here. Yeah. Talking about like basic, you know, sovereignty of the self in a sense, basically like just, just the fundamental orientation to, to who we are as humans.
1: Yeah. And, and what happens is that we create these really deep caverns of repression of things that we will never talk about with anybody. it's just not okay. And, and that that's toxic. And the more levels down that we're able to shake away of that, the, the better we are at connecting with ourselves and with other people.
0: Yeah. So that's the work that we need to offer our young men. That's, that's the direction we need to, we need to offer our young men. I I mean, we we can also help them get like day planners (laughs) and, and you know, go to the right school, but we, the, 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 the dirty deep secret is that, uh, we got to make them okay with who they are.
1: And, and that's, and you know, that day planner thing, you know, there's value in that. Yeah. Something needs to be done every day. You can't just say, I'm going to become better with myself and not have a plan of attack or how you're going to get there, what you're going to do on a daily basis. So those things are valuable. You have to have both, but, um, but without the foundation of understanding what your goal is and where you're headed you know, you could do stuff every day and it's not going to get you any closer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Sean works, um, both as a licensed therapist, but also as a a mentor, a mentor, right. Mm -hmm. And uses nature and experiences. And this is, this is actually something that, that we've talked about for a long time, but you know, taking what we did on these sort of deep therapeutic wilderness trips and bringing it to people, in a more accessible way. And so now you work with, with young men.
1: Yeah. With young men and their families,
0: helping them to find their path. Yeah. Um, and, and
1: I really, Dan, I, I have you a lot to think for, for helping me to clarify exactly, you know, how I was going to do this and what I wanted to bring, because, um, I think that this is, this is special and, young men you know don't need to be sent away to wilderness camps to get right. the same value from what that brings
0: well and i think to clarify what it is you do is like instead of just sitting on a couch like a regular therapy session you just go for a hike yep right and you build a relationship and and you you build trust and you build affinity for one another and it's it's what we saw working. It's what we knew was working when we did the stuff in the wilderness. It's like, we weren't the therapists then we weren't, we weren't, you know, the ones in charge. We were just the guys hanging out and we saw and felt daily what that connection gave to these kids. Right.
1: And that's, that's where most of the work gets done. The value in the, you know, the therapy hat um, is that you can kind of look, reflect on it, identify goals, kind of make a plan. But most of the good stuff that happens is going to happen through a connection with another person and yeah. an experience together. And then it it just, what it opens, it opens guys up to, to say, Oh my God, what is this? And you, you get in there and you're able to really talk about it. Yeah. Um, what, where I don't think that it's at least much more difficult to get there sitting in a room, um, yeah. talking.
0: And I think one of the things that we, and you know, enter the whole every man concept too is that what I think we can do is is we can go and talk to adults that work with boys, right? We can go and talk to teachers, we can go talk to, you know, service givers, things like this, and just be like, hey, you know, this is what's up. <laughs> like like let's back up and look at what's going on. Cause yeah, like, man. The the I that's what that's what I loved. I loved working with dudes. I just loved you know like and and I worked with some a <laughs> very very uh tough tough kids great <laughs> not not even that tough I mean that's that's kind of the thing uh, what what I'm trying to get at here is that as a society as a culture we suck at dealing with boys we suck at it we don't really we don't exceed at it no. you know We're like you know they they act out and we don't know what to do and we freak out and they freak out and it's just like it's just a shit show it, I you would not believe in I mean I'm sure many of you who
1: have this experience would how terrified parents are of their teenagers. Oh, yeah. They're terrified. They don't know what to do. And very quickly, a teenager is able to take power and control in the house. And I, it totally makes sense to me. Yeah. They are a terrifying group of people. They're like terrorists. <laughs> They just, no, they are. They don't respond to logic. There's no sort of reason in the way that they act, except for that they're going to get what they want. Well, there's the
0: system, right? The family mm-hmm. system, the, the like, the the world order, and then they are terrorists. Like they they literally, uh, you know, use any means to to disrupt it. And to fight the power. Right. Part mm. of it's fighting the power. It is. And it's I get it. Taking their own freedom. And, you know, there are ways to do that that are appropriate. And
1: they don't, they don't really care to hear yeah. about those. Yeah. Um, I agree with all of what you're saying, Dan. And um, I think that there's a lot of healing and a lot of work that can be done. I, you know, when you talk about talking to teachers and other adults, I think that's a first step. Yeah. But that's that's how they can understand it you know in their head yeah but the the next step after that is is getting everybody into one of these groups into a place where they're able to safely be vulnerable yeah and recognize and connect with themselves and then do yeah. that with others because once they once you've done that once you have an understanding of what that is then all of that teaching stuff that we could do that they, they'll already know and they'll know it on such a deep level that it
0: yeah, they need to feel it and experience it. Yeah, they need to. They need somebody to walk up and hit the human button and be like, boop, right? Human. Nothing. All the other stuff that's been built on top of that, just put it away. And that's human. where that I, I'm gonna put that button on their nipple. Oh, well, I take that back. That
1: okay. <laughs> depends on who we're talking about. Bob. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a good place. Maybe, no, maybe no on I can't fertile, believe I said that. I had
0: two weeks after I do uh, a, a, a podcast about sexual assault, I say something like that. I own it. I'm sorry. I fucked up. Hey, don't shame yourself.
1: Okay. <laughs> we all make mistakes and we're human. Um I think that you should put it on their forehead. Oh okay. yeah. And um yeah, and, and I just I would encourage anybody, you know, when we talk about the, the work that has to be done every day to to get to the place where you can identify and have that rite of passage. I'd I'd encourage anybody to to get started down that road. Really recognize that there is a way for you to do stuff every day that's gonna help you get to Get to a a place where you're more connected with yourself and to others, Mm -hmm. which will result in you being happier, but will also result in you bringing a lot more healthy, um, positive energy into the world.
0: Yeah. Amen. All right. We're going to pause this and we're going to come back to it because this was way too quick to, to get into all of it. But we'll leave it there for today and we'll pick it up. Let's pick it up soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks for having me. I always have this uh, argument in my head about brevity versus depth, and and uh, I wish we would have had a couple hours for that talk. So we're going to put that on pause, and I'm going to invite Sean back in kind of on the regular to talk more about young men. It's really important to me, and I think we can we can do more to support our boys. So Sean is going to help us do that. All right, enjoy your week, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in. Share this with a man who could benefit from it. Share it with a woman who might uh, find it helpful as well. Um, if you have any you know, questions about your son or your, your cousin or anyone, any young men who are struggling, I, I just couldn't recommend Sean anymore. Reach out to manmadementors.com. Give him a buzz, um, and he'll be there for you. So, All right, guys. Take care.